Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live is the standing eight count, and it starts now. Before the first round, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the crown, and no, we don't back down. I'll beat the track down, screaming like the crowd's going to react. Wow, pound for pound, I'm the best in this game, man, hands down. The way I stand out, ain't looking for a handout. I'm undisputed, gassed up, and never ran out. I'm underrated, undefeated, and look to brand Hey, that's an unfamiliar song I haven't heard in a while. Is this standing eight count? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> ah, shit. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Um, we, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We, uh, we've been meeting to try to get a show going for a while now, and perfect way to do it. Cinco de Mayo, Canelo Jacobs happened. It was a fantastic fight, at least for people like, you know, boxing fans like us. But man, feels good to be back. Jimmy Smith's with me here, aka Elijah McNeil. What up? <laughs> um, I, obviously, we got the the Jacobs fight to talk about with Canelo. I want to talk about the the Arthur Better Be a fight from last night. I don't know if you catch caught the ESPN fights. I didn't get um, a chance to because I was I ended up getting on the internet with you. The interwebs. <laughs> And uh, the intro yeah, I watched him the, this morning while Sydney ran amok in my home. So that was pretty fun. But, man, that, that 175 division is such a freaking logjam. And from some of the things they were talking about, we could have a lot of good things coming our way, which is very exciting. I could see Andre Ward's lip quiver like he wishes he was still fighting when they were talking about this stuff. Oh, I, I uh, bet. Because, I mean, Kovalev's kind of coming back. Yeah. And you got yeah. better BFs. You have uh, what's his face? Um, Demetrius Bivol. Bivol, and then you still have guys like, well, isn't Koval? Who's Kovalev fight next? Well, well we still now. have Alexander Gvodzik still too. Yes, Gvodzik, and then the guy that uh, Kovalev might be fighting next is a pretty supposed to be a pretty good, like not really well known guy too. Um, also, we got uh, let's not forget that uh, Zerto. Moving up to yeah. 175 now too, so that's another oh. name. <laughs> yeah, and he looked he looked really good his last fight. Like it looks like 175. Like the if I feel like each time I've seen him fight, he's fought at like a higher weight, and it seems like the more he goes up, the better he looks and the better suited he looks for that for the higher weight classes. And man, you I mean you you look at the the obviously the the point that we're going to be talking is 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 the Canelo fight, but I mean, you know, we still have uh, uh, Marcus Brown, who's 23-0. and 0, yep. Still went around in there. Um, whether, whether you know, depending how these guys rebound, Leader Alvarez, Sullivan Barrera, and Badu Jack are still in the division, too. This is, this is a really good division, man. And man. let's not forget that Gilberto Ramirez looked great in his last fight. I think he knocked out Tommy Carpensi in, like, the third round. Yeah. And that's not it like was, like he didn't he didn't go in there and just fight a cupcake. I mean, I'm not saying Carpensi's like the be all end all, but you know he he went in there and fought a game. 175. Yeah, good call, really good call with that. So, boy, oh boy, and and they were talking to the um, 
Joe Tessitore said the birdies have been talking that these uh, these titles are going to start getting unified. Uh, three of the guys, obviously, all are Bob Aram guys. And Aram says the fourth guy uh, isn't going to be a problem working with. So this is when you can see Andre Ward like start smiling and they're they're talking possibilities and who could be with this and that and it's it's interesting, you know. You bring up Kovalev making his comeback after after losing to Alvarez and losing to Ward, and that was the 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 main thing Andre Ward said. He jumped right in there uh, before Bradley could. And he, he's like, the guy still is, is Sergey Kovalev. He goes, I'm not just saying that because I had, you know, that the, the war with him and then our second fight. But, you know, he's come off of two losses, the, the Alvarez loss, then the one with me, and re- changed his game up. And we saw him, the way he dominated a guy like a leader Alvarez in the rematch, that was a different fighter. That was like old Kovalev again. And yeah. He looks really tough, so he's going to have a lot going. He already called out Better Biev, so he's already trying to go right at the right at the next guy. So, I mean, do you throw Vodzik with Bavol? Do you put Better Biev with Kovalev? How do you how do you want to see this these four guys this little mini puzzle tournament? Like, what's what do you want to see the scenario for those four? I I don't have a particular. Like scenario, I just want to see all of them fight, and when all the dust settles, the winner come out on top. Like they're all like really good fights that could be made, so I, I don't really have a preference on who fights, just as long as they all fight. You know, who do you think comes away out of the four of them? Oh, uh, much as I dislike Kovalev, if he's on his game. He's pretty tough to beat. I mean, he is older, a lot older than those guys, but I mean, he he's like, I don't see maybe Bivol, but I just I don't see anyone beating Kovalev at 175 right now, besides Andre Ward if he's on his game. So, Gvodzik, uh, he got that fifth round TKO on March 30th against Dudu and Gombu. He doesn't have anything lined up. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Dimitri Bavol had a had a tough fight with Joe Smith Jr. But once again, that's you know that was back March ninth or whatever. That was that's a top ten fighter still in the division. So it's not like he fought a slouch. Yeah. Uh, last night, Archer Betterbeev faced uh, Ranavoje Kaladzic, and Kaladzic he went the distance with Marcus Brown, who's undefeated. So mm-hmm. it's not like this guy was a scrub. And Better Biev charged him in the opening seconds of the the fight, and he had the deer in headlights like, what did I sign up for? Mind you, it went to the fifth round. I, I think it was the fifth is when they finally stopped it. But, I mean, he started throwing, though, at Better Biev, and it turned into a hell of a fight for a couple rounds there until the ref was like, all right, that's enough. It's You're, you're not protect. I mean, there was a point where Better Biev almost looked like he was Somehow he had his arms pinned against his chest with his right arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then was just giving him straight punches to the face with the left arm, and the guy couldn't defend himself. It looked like a like an older brother picking on his kid brother. Like, hey, hey, hey. And he's just, just eating, just shot after shot. It was brutal. But that dude kept going and going. So, I mean, kudos to him. Better be him. Goes to 14-0, and all 14 wins via knockout. And then, obviously, as you mentioned, um, 
Kovalev's fighting Anthony Yarde, and that's going to be the next fight. Otherwise, none of them have anything lined up after this Kovalev-Yarde fight, so maybe, like, uh, Tessator said this calendar year, he's heard that these titles are going to start getting unified. So we could see two in the fall. I, oh, there we go, my fault. Hey. hey, I just noticed that. Um, I'm going to try and find my cord while we're talking here just because my stupid cell phone, it only works if it's on speaker. So there's going to be some, oh, maybe some background noise. Sorry, so. sorry, we'll make, it, we'll make it work. But yeah, I mean, he's so they're saying, you know, like I said, better be a 14 0, 14 knockouts. Uh, Kovalev fighting Anthony Yarde next. No one's got anything lined up. And the sounds of it is it, the unifications could start happening this calendar year with two fights. So we could see two of the titles unified before the year's over, Elijah. Yeah, that's uh that's good. It's about time that it's finally happening. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um let's go to obviously why we're here. Saul Canelo Alvarez does it again. He defeats Danny Jacobs. Hell of a fight. I had it I had it one fifteen, one thirteen on the card, seven rounds of five. Um, you said you had it uh you went one fourteen, one fourteen, right? You had a draw? Well at first I went one fourteen, one fourteen, and then I watched the last round again. And I changed my mind and I gave the last round to Canelo. So I had uh Canelo winning in the last round by a round. So. Yeah, I it's exactly like so I had I had Canelo took the first, I gave Jacobs the second, three through six I went Canelo, then I gave seven eight to Jacobs, nine to Canelo, ten and eleven to Jacobs, and I had it six five going into the in the, the last round, and I'm I'm right there with you. If Jacobs won that twelfth, I think it's a draw, and you know two of the three judges had one fifteen one thirteen, meaning they very well had it the same way six five Canelo Jacobs takes that twelfth round. We see a draw happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can argue that it's, the first and the third were very close. Um, the second round was very close. The seven and eight were very close. The ninth round was pretty close, and Jacobs landed that really big punch that almost swayed the round for me. And it swayed so – like, I'm looking at uh, Chris Mannix, and he, he had the third and ninth go to – Jacobs, which were two Canelo rounds I had, and he had the second and the tenth, I think it was, for Canelo, which I went for Jacobs. So, I mean, there was four rounds that just bouncing off of one of the guys on, on the zone could have swayed it. And and when they kept talking about how this is way closer than Brian Kinney thinks it is, I mean, we saw it. I mean, it was seven five eight four. Oh, we had God. 160, Brian... 112, then the two one fifteen one thirteen. Brian Kinney was... Um, he was annoying me last night. He was uh, a little too uh, pro Canelo. It was like one of those things where, like Jim Lampley with Manny Pacquiao, like there were plenty of times where, like Jacobs, Canelo would land a punch and Jacobs would follow with a really good punch back, and Kenny would only mention Canelo's punch but wouldn't say anything about Jacobs' punch. And I'm just like, uh, here we go. <laughs> no, to be fair, to be fair. I, I that was one of the things I mentioned to you when we were talking last night, kind of prepping, is Kenny came out after I think the third round and said, you know, I, I'm not trying to discredit Danny Jacobs because Danny Jacobs is landing great counter punches at the same time Canelo's throwing. But when you're sitting here doing play by play, 
you're calling the most obvious and clean shot, and that's why I think Canelo's winning on the scorecards is because his aren't sneaking in and hitting at the same time. His are decisively the, the shot you see. I, yeah, I guess, but you can still see that. Oh, watching. Sorry, I found my cord. Watching the oh, hey. watching the fight, you can. I don't know. I could see with my own two eyes that. You know, both the, the shots were like kind of equal in my eyes, and like you can't yeah. really. And I, I get it. Canelo's the the like in the the zone guy, so. Yeah, pump your guy up, but sometimes it just sometimes it just bugs me. But no, I, I not, take, and not not taking anything away from Canelo either. But God, I'm just like, oh, dude, yeah. come on. Oh, and and I I kind of I I'm in the the camp I think where I agree with both of you. Where I'm watching this going, man, Jacobs landed a clean body shot when that when that hook came in, or you know, Jacobs landed a good jab. When Canelo threw his punch, you know, give him the credit for it. But I also do got to give Brian Kenny credit that in the middle of doing play-by-play, sometimes you just you don't you don't get everything out there, and and he addressed yeah. it and apologized for it. And Sergio Moore is laughing at him, and he's like, "I knew you were going to say something, Sergio, but I'm, I'm I can only call one thing at a time here." And they're like laughing about it. He's like, "Jacobs is hitting him," but so like I see his point, but. I'm also very well on your point where I'm going, but he, you know, he, call it in the replay then. You know, when you guys are watching yeah. the replay, then call it at least. So at least, at least you give him the credit. Like, I get it when you miss it right away, but come on. You, you got to give yeah. Jacob some props too. So, you know, both sides I'm, I, I agree with, but yeah, Jacob's, Jacob's went in this fight and did exactly what Danny Jacobs does best. And he, he just, he, he put on a fight with every bit of heart he had. And it's it's kind of like I said last night, you know. Does does Danny Jacobs do what we we had talked and you suggested? Do you go to one sixty eight? You got Gilberto Ramirez moving out of the division, so now the kingpin is not there. It's Callum Smith. It's Caleb Plant, and you're always going to be stuck at one sixty being the third best guy for the most part because you're stuck with Canelo and Golovkin. It's kind of like Anybody who was sitting around, you know, when, when Floyd and Manny were, were having all the titles at 147 or whatever, you know, you're never going to go in and take one of the titles because these guys have them all. Yeah. You know, I my my main thing is, like, he's been having issues with rehydration. Mm-hmm. And he's been, like, just, like, rehydrating, like, ballooning up. And guys are kind of not liking that. So, I mean, with the Canelo, with the Triple G fight, they didn't really talk about it much. But he came in like, some people were rumoring that he came in like fight day at like 190 pounds. I mean, he, Dan Jacobs is a big dude. And, you know, how much does this affect his performance? Like with the whole Canelo actually was like, yeah, you can only, you can't, go past 170 with the day after when you rehydrate or we're going to find you or whatever. Like how much does that like affect his performance? If he were to move up like that, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And he probably wouldn't have to worry about rehydrating up so far and having people like worry about him going in there being too big. I just feel like he might be able to perform better at a higher weight. 
Well, they even said that about Bernard Hopkins. Like, if you told him, oh, you got to cut weight or you're going to get fined because you're over the limit, he would have said, fine my ass. I'm not doing nothing. I'm not running on fight day. You kidding me? Yeah. Um, I think you're right. And you, like, I'll just pull up as an example. We use ESPN's box uh, rankings. We'll just keep it that. We'll keep it simple with that. When he's sitting at 160, he's got Canelo, he's got Golovkin, he's got Billy Joe, which bitch or not, Billy Joe Saunders is still 27. Oh, he's in the division. Jamel Charlo, Demetrius Andrade, Sergey Derevianchenko, who looked fantastic at the fights that I saw. Um, Rob Brandt, David Lemieux, and Matt Korobov, who put up a hell of a fight against Charlo um, in, yeah. in Charlo's last fight. And then you look at 168, you're sitting at Callum Smith, Caleb Plant, Anthony Durrell, Jose Uzcadegui, Chris Eubank Jr., David Benavides, Caleb Truex, Jesse Hart, and Avni Yildirim. I think you got a better shot, man, to go up and do some freaking damage if you move up, and it's probably healthier for your body. Yeah, I mean, I think if you put him in that weight class, he's probably the best fighter out of all those guys you named. Yeah, I do. I 100%. I mean... The only guy I think you can really, and this is another one of the hard ones because we don't get to see him as much, but probably Callum Smith would be the would be the top dog with him. Um, you think you know, especially over Caleb? Uh, God, it's tough. Caleb Plant's really good, man. I, I've always been supportive of Caleb Plant, but he, to me, Caleb Plant still feels still feels just a little odd. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the easiest way to that say this. When, that guy's a supreme when, boxer. He can box his he ass is, off. He is. I, I, I think he's fantastic. We broke. Me and Isaiah broke bread with the guy in in Vegas. I mean, like, I'm not dogging him, but I just I need to see that decisive victory. Is just what I, it's like when when Truex beat James DeGale. I loved that Truex beat him, but I didn't really believe that he was the guy to be a champion like that. And it's not trying to knock Truex whatsoever because I, I still hope Truex gets another shot. You know, it, it sucks what happened in the Quillen fight with the no decision, but I don't, if you put Caleb plant in front of Danny Jacobs, I don't think Caleb plant can, can beat Danny Jacobs at all. I think Danny Jacobs takes nine rounds against Caleb plant. Ooh. Yeah. You're probably right. And once again, by no means am I trying to talk shit about Caleb Plant. I don't want anyone to think that. But don't Danny, talk shit about Caleb. <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk about either of the Caleb's. But you, you got to look at you know, and and I say this is somebody you you're the one who kind of put me on Danny Jacobs. To be fair, this is a yeah. guy who who is so good. He's just stuck behind two of the top. Ten, five, seven, wherever you put them, fighters in the world. It's kind of like you. Know what it reminds me of a lot is is he feels like King Kong Ortiz to me. Where as much as he dominates everybody and as good as he is, he still has Wilder and Joshua in front of him. Yeah, and as close as he gets, he still didn't win the fight. It's just like yeah. Jacobs. As close as he got to beating Golovkin and Canelo, he still didn't win the fight. And I just, I think he's, I think he's so far superior over most of those guys at 168. And especially if Zerto's not fighting there and vacating the title, 
Yeah. I think there's your main threat, and Zero's gone then. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm way wrong. Maybe I'm way off, and maybe maybe more of these guys are tougher. But I mean, with as quick as Jacobs is, and him being the naturally able, like you said, rehydrate up and be able to fight at a heavier weight where he looks natural. I think he's just going to be stronger then. And and yeah. look, that ninth round, that left hook he hit Canelo with, I I don't think any of those guys at 168 are are walking forward like Canelo did through that. I think most of those guys are going, what the hell just happened to me? That's one of the biggest punches I think I've ever seen Canelo take. Oh, my God. Like, I don't think Triple G landed, like, as good, like, just – a pure clean. Sh- I mean, Triple G like kind of he hurt Canelo a few like a few times in those fights, but I don't think Triple G like landed like just the punch, like so clean, so perfect, like right on the body. I mean, Canelo's whole neck went like looked like it. Oh, it's like, <laughs> Oh my god! It, one it thing looked... I do want to say. Uh huh. One thing. One thing I do want to say about that fight though is like. I think one thing that played into Canelo's hands is that I I believe Jacobs was very fearful of uh, Canelo's counterpunching ability because Jacobs has been known to be susceptible to counterpunches. I mean, even against Sergio Moro, who's like one of the lightest hitters in boxing, Jacobs was like had Mora hurt and was on the charge and kind of went in all wild and crazy, and Mora dropped him for a quick flash, flash knockdown. And you've seen Jacobs take a lot of counter punches because he gets a little over aggressive, and I think he was really worried about that because Canelo is one of the best counter punchers in the game, and he does have some oomph behind his punches, and you don't want to leave yourself open. So I think that's why he was fighting on his back foot a lot for most of the first half of the fight because he was kind of unsure of Canelo's punching power and didn't want to get caught like early on in the fight and then I think once he kind of got over that and kind of tasted his power and felt his power he was kind of like all right time to let it go yeah and I mean it, it's 100% true like I said I went five of the first six to Canelo that was because exactly was what you're saying Jacobs was was reserved he was hesitant and I think for a minute there the way that Canelo's head movement was just dodging every punch thrown there looked like I I have three I have five rounds that I didn't put any notes about being close or anything on and four five and six for Canelo were when he started moving his body and his head and and Jacobs was just looking defeated there for a second like he I he he was given the what the hell am I supposed to do I can't even I can't hit the guy I mean, he's not even looking yeah. at me, and he's still dodging my and and his and his um, uh, God, who's it was who was the other guy with Mora and Kenny out there? I don't know why I can't remember who that was. Um, I the third man in the either. Um, but he was he put over the fact that it was in it was incredible that Canelo was doing the head movement, but walking forward he was that confident. And when you're that confident to walk forward with head movement, and Jacobs already was reserved. Jacob's confidence had to have been on the ground. I mean, you, you, he, you, for a minute there, I was, I was waiting for him to go, well, this is going to end. And then, you know, seven and eight, I put close next to him, and Jacob's won both of them. 
the ninth round, Jacobs finally landed that huge punch. And then I, 10 and 11, no, no asterisks or nothing. I thought those were the two most decisive Danny Jacobs rounds in the fight. And, I, and I'm sitting there going, dude, if he's this confident winning these two rounds, maybe Canelo is taking off the gas so he can go all out in the 12th, which he did. And it was a smart play because it, it won him the fight. But I thought for a second, I was like, if Jacobs did those last two rounds that way, if he comes out and does that in the 12th, we're getting a draw, I think. I really think we're getting a draw. And it would have been a majority draw because two of the three would have had draw. So, yeah, you know, kudos to Canelo for knowing the rounds he was up on and was able to, to recharge to win that last round. But, you know, I also give the credit to Jacobs for going for it. And it, it, it steadfast back to the main thing we always bitched about when we were doing this show every Sunday is – you're down in the scorecards after the first half, and you're down big almost every round. You have to go for it. You have to try to mm-hmm. win this fight. And Jacobs did that. Jacobs went out there and tried to win this fight, where most guys just sit there, stay on their same game plan that's not working, and we just sit there yelling at the TV going, what is this guy doing? Why is he not trying to win this fight? Because he sure as hell ain't winning. And if you're that de- defeated... And and you don't think you're going to win the fight? Then just throw in the towel and save us time, so we don't have to waste yeah. the rest of our our evening. But if you're going to go out there and try to make the adjustments to win, be a pro fighter and do it. And Danny freaking Jacobs did that, man. That's why I give him so much credit. And and we saw it in the post fight too, which is one thing I did like about this fight is you know the the simple fact that we we had you know everybody talks about how classy these two guys were they had a little bit of scuffle in the ring we saw that blah 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 but at the end of the fight canelo's over there shaking every guy's hand in the corner jacobs is shaking his whole team they didn't say one negative thing about each other jacobs took the loss very graciously canelo was very very gracious in victory and it, it made me happy that, that these two guys had a hell of a fight, a great fight. Jacobs threw everything he had at it, and they both walked away. To me, they walked away winners. I thought Jacobs came away from this fight looking better than he did coming in in a loss, which is which – is, that's something you, you do in pro wrestling where how do I make that guy look better in defeat than winning? And he did that. And Canelo proved to me how good he really is and – that's why this fight was so spectacular to me. So many good things came out of this fight for me. Yeah, I one thing though, I definitely feel like the press conference, the pushing match at the press conference was staged. It looked very like just awkward. Like yeah, that they like were kind of got they were like told. he was a kung fu guy or something. Yeah. <laughs> He's Did like, hold me back, hold me back, hold me let, back, let be me... bolder, be bolder. So, so Jacobs, I don't know if you saw the, the other, like the, the, the lead in stuff, but he's like, man, that punk ass took a cheap shot. I should have docked his ass out right then. And it sounded so like, I mean, he's saying it in front of his kid and his kid's just kind of awkwardly looking around and they're in like the locker room. And it, it literally came like the first thing I thought in my head was this is as awkward as when Ward and Kovalev were trying to talk shit to each other. Like it's just yeah. just go out there and be fighters because this this is we it just it <laughs> you know like I'm glad you brought that up because why why did he get low like he was surfing to like try to get the guy off of him like oh man <laughs> yeah so funny I yeah I just 
Man, Danny Jacobs isn't really a shit talker. He's like no. neither and Canelo Canelo isn't really a shit talker to me either. Kind of, but not really. He's more of just I would be bolder with my fist instead of my words. <laughs> be bolder. And that's exactly what it is. These are two guys that they go in there and they handle business in the ring. They don't, they don't rely on the spectacle to try to get it. It's like, come on. Somebody said too, um, when they said how how it looked, and uh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Jacobs also after was saying. I I think what happened was we were both we had so much high, like adrenaline going on and one of us got just too close to each other and we bumped each other and once something like that happens the first thing you do is you shove the guy and then I think both of them didn't know where to go after that which led to Jacobs just throwing his arms up and down and Canelo surfing hold me back hold me back hold me yeah. back <laughs> well the one guy like grabbed him and he did like this this drop down and like to get the guy's arms off of him, and then he shot back up, but he was doing like a ninja stance. I was like, "What are yeah. you doing, Canel? You're you have no idea what's going on." Jacobs looked yeah. confused. De La Hoya uh-huh. wasn't expecting it whatsoever. De La Hoya was like, "I was off the stage trying to jump in the middle of it because he's like, oh shit, what's happening here?'" Oh, it was weird. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. It was so goofy. But it was, I mean, it was a great fight. It was exactly what I wanted to see. Um, I have no regrets. And, you know, both guys, I think, came away with a positive outlook at what they could do. And, and when they talked to Eddie Hearn, Eddie Hearn said the same thing. He, he said, look, I can't speak for Danny Jacobs' camp, but... I would move up to 168. It's wide open right now, and you're much more comfortable with that size. Yeah. Yeah, my takeaways from the fight are with Canelo are like, this is a foot. I've been critical of Canelo because I've always felt like he's always had, he's been kind of put into situations where he has like all the advantages. He's been like his matchmakers match him up very well. Besides Mayweather and Lara and Trout, and now Jacobs, it kind of always feels like he's got some kind of major advantage over a guy as like you know a guy's moving up in weight, a couple of weight classes to fight him, or a guy that he's fighting like is like a slow like moving forward like plotting guy that pretty much makes Canelo look like a superstar. And this is the first fight where I've actually been like, I wouldn't say I've never been impressed by Canelo, but this is a fight where he didn't have all the advantages on paper. Like Danny Jacobs is faster. Danny Jacobs is bigger. Danny Jacobs probably moves around the ring a lot better. And their punching power is pretty like Jacobs might have a slight edge, but um, you know he he went in there and he kind of sh- he showed some new stuff. Like he has he had really good head movement. He actually was most of the time he's the guy that needs someone to engage him. 
he was actually moving around the ring really, really well, cutting it off, like punching while he was like moving forward and like landing while he was moving forward. And his defense, you know, is every fight his defense gets better too. It's just it was it was a good performance by him, and I can't knock it. And I would probably say one of his best performances of his career in my mind. Yeah, I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. And, you know, I, I, I mean, where, where was I going to go with this? Uh, I'm just trying to pull something up here. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, we got to look at the fact, too, that he's only 28 years old. You know, and this dude's already beat, the, I mean, the resume he has and the performance he showed against a guy like Danny Jacobs. I mean, look, I, I, I said this I said this last night. I don't want Golovkin to fight Canelo again. I think Canelo might stop him. And it scares yeah. me to death. Triple G is probably my favorite fighter of all time. And I don't want to see him go out there and see what could happen. I, I don't, like, I, I mean, yeah, maybe it goes decision, but that could even be, I mean, what if it goes decision and he loses nine rounds? What does that do? That's, that's it. You better hang up the, you hang him up then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I, even though I feel like Triple G won both the fights, mm-hmm. I don't think he could beat, I don't think he would win a third fight with Canelo, I think. We're seeing one guy who's, you know, in his prime or kind of getting better, and Triple G is kind of, kind of slowly like going out of his prime and getting, I wouldn't say worse, but he's definitely declining. It seems like, with his, uh, he's, he's never been a really amazingly fast fighter, but he doesn't look, he doesn't look nearly as fast as he did when he was fighting like Jacobs and. Some of the other guys that he was fighting, it looks like he's lost a lot of hand speed. One thing to me, too, that a lot of people don't think of but could have kind of put Triple G sort of in the decline is his fight with Kel Brook. Even though, yeah. even though he battered Kel Brook and, like, broke him, Kel Brook landed a lot of punches on him, and Triple G took a lot of damage that fight. Probably like he's that's probably the most I've ever I ever seen him get hit. Yeah, and it kind of, it's kind of coincidental that after that fight, you know, he's kind of not he wasn't as quite as effective as he was before. And and like you know he, he fights what is it Steve Rolls on June eighth here, even if he knocks this guy out in the second round like he did against who was it that he fought last year Cinco de Mayo when the when the Clint Burrell thing at was that Spike O'Sullivan? Head movement, head movement, head movement. Uh, that was <laughs> I think you fought Vane's Marta Rosen. Oh yeah, yeah, Vane's Marta Rosen. Yes. Oh, oh, Jen decided to show up with her goofy ass Dudley Boys tie dye shirt on. Dudley Boys? Yeah, she got like a tie dye T shirt on, like Bub- Bubba Ray and yeah, and Spike. Is she Spike she was Dudley? Splatter ball with some aliens or something. <laughs> Uh, but like, okay, yeah, he, he he knocked him out in the second round or whatever. But it wasn't like I didn't look at it going, okay, well that was impressive. Like, of course you did that. Like, he if he can you stop opening the door, please? If if he steamrolls 
uh, Steve Rolls. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna go. Well, but that was impressive. Sh- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, man. No pun intended. Roll, Steve Rolls. <laughs> Steve Rolls. <laughs> Steve Rolls here. Steve, 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 <laughs> it could be like a Tim and Eric skit. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Let's. I mean, we'll see where it goes. Um, let's. Before we talk some more fights. Now that now we've seen all the big names fight in the last month or so, do you got your uh, pound for pound? Um, I'm probably gonna after if we take a break, I'll it'll, I'll be ready more ready for after we get a break in. Well, I do not have any commercial. We haven't done a commercial break on the, on the network in like three months because they're all outdated. Guys... They're all outdated. We have uh, no showtime dates normally. Oh jeez. <laughs> Why Naito? Who's tranquilo now, dickhead? What the hell was that? That was Zack Sabre Jr. saying, "Hey Naito, who's tranquilo now, dickhead?" <laughs> Zach Sabre, Zach Sabre Jr.'s. <laughs> He's tight. Um, I'm trying to see if there's something I could play to give you or to give a break that's boxing related. I did mine last night. After we talked. I fell asleep after we talked. That's fair. I mean, I have kind of an idea in my head. Let's, um, here, we'll play this great clip. Cody Rhodes, I know this is wrestling, this isn't boxing, but Cody Rhodes is wrestling his brother, Dustin Rhodes, at Double or Nothing, uh, after Dustin uh, juked WWE and left the company. And he cuts this promo. And basically saying this this isn't I don't hate my brother this isn't about me wanting to beat my brother he says this is this is I, w- I want to kill the attitude era because he says we've been chastised against the uh, attitude era for so long and he takes a shot at Triple H in this which is pretty entertaining um, but this is one of the best like two minute speech promos I've, I've heard in years so I'll play this this is my uh my promo for WrestleCast, and then when we get back from that, we'll go over our pound-for-pound pound list. So, Elijah, while you're doing your list, if you haven't already heard this, Cody, listen to this. This thing is great. Check this out. Is that this match is generation versus generation. I am not here to kill Dustin Rhodes. I'm here to kill the Attitude Era. My entire lot, my whole class of peers has been compared to these gilded late 90s through the early 2000s for over a decade, and it's an utter sham. Sure, you paved the roads for us, but gosh, you set the speed markers at 35 because you are terrified of any of us putting our foot down on the pedal. You mean to tell me some pissant bodybuilder making every match a no DQ, meandering around the crowd, throwing the jib cam at his opponent, compares with a Kenny Okada match? Or some brawl and panty spectacular can match up with what the women did last September 1st? Or even Dwayne, as electric as it was, rhyming and raising, was it really better than what Punk said sitting on that stage? Listen, I am the least Rhodes of the Rhodes. But they gave me a pair of boots. I've got the basics. When you do something to death, when you ride something to death, that's literally what happens. 
when that animal can't go anymore and it falls out on the trail and you can feel the tension in its eyes and its fluttered breasts of panic and it knows it's going to die and it wants to die. You don't just leave it because you love it. You pull from the hip. You roll your fingers on the steel of the chamber. You pull the hammer back. You do not anticipate the recoil, and you blow it away. Like I said, I love my brother. Ooh, that gives me chills, man. God, that was good. Elijah, are you still here? Elijah has left the building officially. He he thought the promo was offensive when he talked about Triple H throwing the gym cam at everyone and neandering around the arena because he ate Kenny Omega or Kazuchika Okada. <laughs> um, well, I guess we'll uh, we'll just press on here. And uh, I'll drop mine out here Shout out in case you guys forgot um, Big fight coming up June 7th in Verona, New York Zab Super Judah Taking on the Hebrew Hammer Cletus Selden uh, Not on TV So get your Amazon fight sticks out And bootleg that shit um, God there's some really good fights coming up though Golovkin Rawls Rolls on the 8th Valdez on the 8th on ESPN With Michael Conlon on the undercard the first is Devin Alexander fighting again. Uh, Hugo Centeno Jr. against William Monroe Jr. And then on the zone, we get a Katie Taylor fight. Callum Smith's fighting. Anthony Joshua is on the card. Elijah is here. He's not here. He's here. It's like Bobby Pacquiao. It's not that blow, blow. Fortunately, Elijah, I cannot hear you. Um, but if you did hear me, remember, June 7th, Zab Super Judah taking on Cletus Selden. Uh, we'll just get rolling into it. Uh, I'll give you my pound for pound here, guys. Let's let's start at number 10. Now, normally this pound for pound has sat with the normal style. Uh, Golovkin, Lomo, Crawford always be in my top spot, some form or another with those three. A little bit of a shakeup. We do have some of the usual names on here. We do have a couple of the different names that haven't made my list before that are now on this list. So let's move forward here. Sitting at number 10, one of my favorite fighters going today, Leo Santa Cruz. Um, Santa Cruz, always always an entertaining fight. Always gives you, gives you something good here. And he's had some wars. The Abner Mara stuff was always really good. Um, another PBC guy that I wish we got to see more. Um, so we might have Elijah back here. Hello. Yo. Hello. Hey, there he is. Was that just blog talk being blog talk? I don't know. I, I, I couldn't hear you, but I could hear everything else. You could hear everything else, but you couldn't hear me. Yeah. I could hear all the sounders and Cody Rhodes and all that stuff. Damn. All I was going to say, <laughs> Triple H, Triple H has probably heard this. He's like, 
daddy, daddy, can I, even though he's not with the E, I still, can I still bury him? <laughs> Give me permission. Bury him. I, lo- I, I couldn't believe he said that. Just walking around, meandering through the crowd, throwing the gym cam at your opponent's got nothing on a Kenny Okada match. I was like, hell yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at number 10, Elijah, I have Leo Santa Cruz. Who is your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is Juan Estrada. Ooh. Big one over Sriskatetsor Rungvisai uh, last week. Pretty, a really good win. Like, he looked like a different fighter this time. Yeah. Hell of, hell of a fight. Uh, my number nine, speak of the devil, is Juan Francisco Estrada himself. <laughs> Coming in at the nine spot. Where are you going my at nine no- here, uh, my nine, even though he took a took a pretty decisive L his last fight, he still hasn't quite dropped out of the pound for pound for me yet. But it, my nine is Mikey Garcia. Hey, Garcia was one. There's two guys that I took out of my pound for pound that I that I usually have had, uh, Mikey Garcia and Manny Pacquiao. Um, I I took them out and I was looking at some other pound for pounds and I saw like Tim Bradley had Pacquiao still six. Like I understand Ugh. and I was. I was the guy who argued while he's fighting, he always deserves to be a pound for pound. It was kind of like Rigando for a long time. Even if he's not fighting, the guy's still one of the best. But I had to take him out, and I took out Mikey too, unfortunately. Um, but kudos, Mikey Garcia, to get number nine on yours. That's awesome. That's good for him. I hope I hope he comes back after that Spence fight and does some damage. I just my thing with my thing with that fight is like I don't know me personally. I knew that fight was going to be a cakewalk for Spence. Spence was just, was just too big and too good for Mikey Garcia. Like, you could have all the technical ability in the world, but when you're jumping up that high and you have a guy who's as skilled as Spence is with his, like, athletic attributes against yeah. Garcia, just, like, I just I knew that fight was going to be a easy win for Spence. So even though I did knock Mikey Garcia down on my ranking, I can't – totally take him out because he actually went up and took that risk to go fight that's him. Fair. So that's so, fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, like I said, there, there's, there's four guys that I teetered on having on my list and two of them canceled each other out. And two were the ones that I took out, which I just told you. So, I mean, it's, it's a good crop of fighters going right now. So, I mean, it's not like it's yeah. the easiest list to put together. There's a, there's a guy, uh, a couple guys in here that I, that I, didn't even put in the top 14 that I should have. I almost said to make another 20 like I did that one time. Um, Jeez. My number eight, just because of of how well he's come back and the dominating performance against such a strong opponent, uh, my number eight is Sergey the Crusher Kovalev. Ooh. Yeah. He's not in my pound for pound, but he keeps winning. He'll be up there. My number eight actually is probably going to be a surprise to you, but I have uh, Anthony Joshua as my number eight. Ooh, that's that's not a surprise. I I I did not have Joshua or Wilder in my top ten. I kind of canceled them out together. And I just I, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah no, but you got you got Joshua in there. Go ahead, rock and roll. I mean, I just felt like he's one of the best fighters in the world, and you got to show the heavyweight some love, so I'll put him in there. 
Yeah, he's he's tremendous. He's just what always hurts me with him is is Eddie Hearn that he doesn't get in there with anyone. And now once again, you know he's supposed to fight your own Big Baby Miller, and it's not his fault. But now he's going to fight Andy Ruiz, and it's going to be a cakewalk, and it's going to be just like all right, cool. Andy Ruiz is like one of the fastest like fat guys I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> The fastest fat guy, Andy Ruiz. That's how I'd announce him if I was in there. He's got what some hands. He's got some hand speed, man, and he doesn't look like much. But, but yeah, Joshua the, should take care of him. The one thing that could make it entertaining is it could be the same thing where, yes, he took it on short notice, but that could also affect Jake, uh, um, Joshua too. Yeah, where he was planning for one, and look, if I'm Andy Ruiz. For the love of God, take the take the Danny Jacobs approach and just go for broke. You got nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, stranger things have happened, but, you know, put it out there. Uh, my number seven is man that I love, Triple G, Gennady, Gennadyevich, Golovkin, sitting at seven there for me. All right. My seven is probably going to be a surprise to you, too, because I kind of never really, I kind of said, oh, I need to see more of him, but. I'm putting Inoue at seven. Nice. The monster. Oh, oh yeah, I can't I'm, wait. Man, I want to see it. Like, I want to see him fight again, man. He feel, I feel like he doesn't fight all that often. And when but he does, gotta, it's really hard to find it. He's well, if you have the zone, you can watch him. Cause he's in the, he's in the super series. Okay. Um, he's in the semifinals. And I think it's coming up here pretty damn quick. Let me go through, um, not to delay our list here, but I'm just I'm, I'm going through Fox. Jared heard J Rock on Fox. That could be fun. Um, I think it's like the 18th or something. I want to say, but I could be way wrong. Uh, May 18th show to oh that's the Wilder Brazil fight. Gary Russell Jr. and Kiko Martinez. That's pretty tight. Um, yeah, Glasgow Scotland. Um, Emmanuel Rodriguez and Inoue for the Super Boxing Super Semifinals. So Inoue is fighting on the 18th. Nice. And, and then also Ivan Branchuk and Josh Taylor. Um, the winner gets um, winner gets what's his name, uh, Prograis. And then Prograis is a guy that is kind of on my like he's starting to kind of work pump. his way up to be on the cusp. He's like to me he's kind of on the cusp of being a pound for pound guy. If he wins this, if he wins this tournament, that that's probably going to be enough for me to like knock him up to like in the top ten somehow. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. He's he's a hell of a fun fighter to watch too, and he he goes in there and does damage. Like he he's he's in there banging on dudes. But and he, I give him credit too. He wants Josh Taylor. Taylor's the highest yeah. rated out of the. And he he said, look, nothing against Branchuk, but I want. I want Josh Taylor. Yeah. And he's a good mix of like going out there and like banging guys, but also being like skilled. Mm-hmm. He's a very good mix of that. And he's just, he's a fun fighter to watch. And I mean, he handled Kyro, Kyro Relic, who's a really good fighter. Took him oh, out. He made him round. look, he made him look pretty like he demolished him. I mean, he's, He's kind of been demolishing everybody lately, though. He's demolished Relic. He demolished uh, what's-his-face. Um, one of the guy from – he's a European guy or, like, somewhere over – I forgot what his name is. 
but he demolished him. He demolished Ndongo. I mean, he's been he's been beating up guys pretty pretty easily lately. And Nonito Donaire went on record and said, "I hope Inoue wins." Like Donaire is feeling himself right now, man, with this little comeback he's got going. And I'll give him oh credit. Oh well, You know, I I don't think I don't think Donaire is gonna gonna be able to to beat Inoue, but. I mean, there's a reason Daenerys got 40 wins and has been a name for years. And if he's feeling himself and he's got that confidence going, hell yeah, let's see a, a hyped-up Nonito Donaire in there against Naoya anyway. I think that's the best-case scenario for that final anyway. Well, a guy with his a guy with his ability to land that, like, a left hook, like, that that's one X factor that kind of can always, like, keep him in a fight. Because he wasn't really doing, he was doing okay, but that other guy had some moments of kind of outboxing him, and then he oh, landed that. Oh, that Stefan Young. Yeah, and he landed that that bomb that like pretty much the guy was like eyes were closed before he even hit the mat. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not forget to the last guy to call out Naoya Inoue. Uh, this was back October seventh. Juan Carlos Payano said, I don't believe the hype. He got stopped in the first round, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, anyways, I mean, look, the only thing left. Do you have the good job, he, great effort sounder for that one? Oh, I bet you I do. I bet you that's still on here. Where? Let me get up here. Uh, Carlos, Juan Carlos Payano, this one's for you. Man. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only thing left now is is – Inoue wins that tournament, and then he goes and fights Luis Neary, and let's just let's just put the top guys together. Oh, yeah. Sydney, take it away, man. <laughs> what did he just say? He said cock. <laughs> he uh he thinks he thinks that sock. Oh. I do. I do have this one too. I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's pretty funny too. So, anyway, this is totally um, this is totally not boxing related, but I was looking in the Minnesota group just because I was on my phone for a second, and a guy posted because a running joke in there is about Bucks not being able to get the first. And Chris, a guy named Chris Carlson goes, it's real unfortunate Bucks still can't get the first. Leads the majors in doubles, though. And then who's Johnny on the spot to say something stupid? Oh, Chris Emerson? Chris, Chris M-Dog Emerson. He put, <laughs> Are you like taking I a said, piss? <laughs> no, it's my washer. Emerson's like... Everson said, like I said, stealing second easy isn't that important if you can't get the first. That dude's an idiot. He's yeah. he's a goober. There's a buddy of mine that I grew up with. I realized no knows him. I was like, really? ah, I won't say anything. Yeah, because I, 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 mean, I won't say anything. He, you should have asked him what he's like. Well, I think he's I mean, like, like he's like cool with the guy. Like I think they work together or something. Yeah. So I was like, ah, I don't want to be that guy then, because it's you know. <laughs> I would, I would be that guy. Um, all anyway, right, where do we leave on. off here? <laughs> Number six. Number six. And this is the reason 
Um, I this is a bad reason, but my intentions are are a good reason, if that makes sense as to why I did this. Um, but okay, well, my number six is Alexander Usyk. Um, he's got all four. He's he's undisputed. He's only what like the fourth or fifth person to ever un, you know win all four titles in a division. Um, he's taking on Carlos Takam May twenty fifth, and he's moving into heavyweight. And he's like, well, I unified one division. I'm young. I'm badass. Um, let's just let's just leave this let's leave this division and be done with it. Uh, Alexander Usyk is a guy to me that. I understand cruiserweight doesn't have the strongest pedigree. You know, it's got some some good names in it. Don't don't get me wrong. But with how young and hungry he is, and how good and talented he is as a as not only a counter puncher, but with just his brute strength and uh, the way he can he can place punches in in spots. You know, like a, like a Lomachenko, if you will. Ironically, the same country, but he might cause some problems for some of these big dogs in heavyweight, man. <laughs> and, you know, unlike the politics that ride with the heavyweight division, and it's not just this era, but the way that the politics always ride with the heavyweight division, this dude's just going in there going, light him up, and I'm going to knock him all down. So I threw him in there, <laughs> undisputed champion, Alexander Usyk. He's, he's awesome. He is awesome. My number six is Triple G. Nice, nice. So, Thank you for having him higher I mean, than I there's like there's really nothing to be like really can't really say what we don't know or like what people don't know. I mean he's still in there, but he's got a lot of work to do to get back to the top and who knows he might not ever get back to the top, but he's still he's still in there for me. Yeah, all time great. I mean twenty you know, he missed Hopkins titled record by one. I mean what this dude did when he was mowing through people was unheard of. And and it was one of those things too. It wasn't he wasn't avoiding guys. People wouldn't fight him. So he's always going to have that pedigree that he gets to hold. Yeah. Um, my number five is the guy you mentioned, the monster Naoya Inoue. Oh, I love Visa Inoue. You know that one, Elijah. <laughs> yep. And in two weeks, get to watch Inoue just steamroll poor Emmanuel Rodriguez and go on to face Bonito Dolero. <laughs> Emmanuel Rodriguez. Who? <laughs> <laughs> the, I think yeah, I think he's ranked four in the division. Oh wow! Well, he's yeah. about to be ranked four <laughs> in the infirmary. <laughs> uh, who do you got at number five? I have at number five a guy you just went on length about. I have uh, Alexander Usyk or Alexander Usyk at five. Man, just that because, dude is good. <laughs> even though even though he is even though he is. You know, in a division where there's not a lot of names, you know, he's moving up to heavyweight and he just is so dominant in his fights and he just he's one of the best fighters in the world. So definitely at five, he's he you could make a claim that he could be like the best fighter in the world based on yeah talent and size and stuff. So that's you know I'm glad you said that because especially since he his. I mean, this dude goes into the Super Series, and he does it just so he can win all four titles and people can't avoid him. And then he does it. He steamrolls everybody in the tournament, wins all four, goes, thanks, what's next, and throws them and just kind of 
basically done with them, and they, you know, you guys can just take them off me whenever you want to. Like, yeah. This dude is he. You could argue him number one for the simple fact that he is an undisputed champion, and that doesn't happen. I mean, what we had, we had, we got Usyk, we had B Hop, we had Jermaine Taylor, and there was one was, more. I thought that wasn't Evander was Holyfield an undisputed champion for a, a nope. while. It, nope. No. There was only two until somebody just did it. It was it was Taylor and it was Hopkins. Crawford, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Terrence Crawford was the third, and Usyk is yes. the fourth. If I if I remember correctly, so I mean, that's it's a pretty good crop of people th- to be in. And yeah, I, I just, man, Alexander Usyk is. I, I, I'm telling you, man, Fury Wilder, Joshua King Kong, he ain't gonna be no cakewalk. <laughs> I mean, he's just he's gonna go in there and be hungry. So, at the heavyweight, let's see here. I'm trying to figure out because I thought Lennox Lewis was a undisputed champion for a while too. I so thought he only had three of them. Maybe, but um. So I'm looking at all the weight classes. Cruiserweight Evander Holyfield was the only, is the only or it was a, Evander Holyfield was a. Undisputed at cruiserweight, uh, O'Neill okay. Bell and Alexander Us- Alexander Usyk were the okay. three. And then let's see here. There's been no undisputed super middleweight champion. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a short order. Like, yeah, Lennox Lewis basically just ran with the WBC title. Let's see. Terrence Crawford was was um, light welterweight. Yep, which we knew about him. Casa Zoo was actually an undisputed champion at one time. Oh, that's what's up. For, for light wel- welterweight. He was good, man. He was good. He was real good. Yeah. Roberto, I mean, and, Roberto Duran and Pernell Whitaker were lightweight. It's it's such a short order that when it happens, it's like I don't think people real like people go, oh cool, he's got another title. Like I don't think people realize how, you know, like how it, it's not it's not, it's not something that just happens every day. It's you know, this might be an odd an odd comparison, but it's kind of like the triple crown in racing. Yeah, you know, it doesn't happen every day. <laughs> you know, it's not just and and especially nowadays in the era of with with the promoters like this, the fact that, you know, kudos, you know, for the super series, but, you know, we, we got a guy who went and did it and did it decisively. And yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we could talk about Usyk all day, but I, I think he's going to cause some problems for some of them dudes, man. I, I'm, I'm serious. Like it's going to be, he's going to be the one, I think that the, the guys, top guys are going to want to try to avoid at first and we'll see what happens. But yeah, um, my, I'm not like if I'm one of the heavyweights, Right now, I'm not really itching to get in the <laughs> ring with him. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like, shit, if I'm, if I'm Wilder, Joshua, like, here, okay, let me say this, too. Is this a blessing in disguise for us? Is a guy like Alexander Usyk coming in to this division uh, give us a better chance of seeing Wilder versus Joshua so then they, they would fight each other as opposed to having to fight him? Like, is this a good thing? It could be, but they're like their promoters are so so like 
so far away in terms of getting that fight happening. There's so much bad blood between the two camps. Like, seriously, it's going to take a miracle to get that fight to happen, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, dude. I can't wait to watch more music. I'm just thinking about these in my head now. Um, my number four back on the list here. Uh, man that we talked about a little bit when he brought up Mikey Garcia, but Errol Spence is number four for me. Okay. My number four is Canelo. Purely, like, my top my top three is, or my top four is purely, like, preference. So, you could almost Fine. put my top four. You could almost put my top four, like, in any order. But. And I'm assuming mine, we're going like, to have the same top four. Yeah. So, but mine, like, is pretty much, you can put it in any order that you want, and I wouldn't argue with you, really. But mine is, like, mine is, like, preference on who I like like more as a fighter. So now I almost put Spence at three over this gentleman, but I didn't. Um, number three, I have Terrence Crawford. Spence's domination of Mikey Garcia almost made me put it over, but I was so impressed with what Crawford did with Amir Khan that I, I just had to, I had to roll with it because Crawford's still Crawford. He did everything I wanted him to do. He went in there against a guy like that and he put him down. And, and ended that fight. They stopped that thing. And that was the, like I said to you immediately that next day, that was what I was waiting to see, and I'm glad I got it. So Crawford sits at three for me. Okay. My three is Spence. Nice. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Um, two, I got Lomachenko. Two, I have Lomachenko as well. Yep. And then... You have Terrence Crawford, number one. And the guy said last night, I'm going to do it because he did it again. Can't believe I'm saying this, man. My my pound-for-pound fighter right now is Saul Canelo Alvarez. I never in a million years thought I would have said that. Ryan, do the sounder because you you are being... (laughs) Do it for Canelo. (laughs) This, 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 like, I, I had this kind of a moment. Oh, fuck, Aaron. <laughs> it's confusion. But, hey, here's, and, and here's, here's the thing, too, is if Crawford fights Spence, whoever wins that fight probably jumps to the top spot for me. Yeah. Which, I think that's a insane. fight everyone wants to see. And then now, now that then that means I I'm looking at this going. You mean to tell me that Lomachenko is number three? Like what world are we living in? <laughs> Lomachenko is just like I think it's hard finding Lomachenko so good. It's hard finding guys who can actually even compete with him. It's just and I don't like I don't think really anyone's jumping to fight him. No. He's, and, in tough, you know, he's in a tough position. Kudos to um. Oh, why did I forget? Who who did he he moved up and wait got knocked down by the guy and then beat him? Why I can't think of his name. Um. Uh. Fight to go. Linares. Uh, Jorge Linares. Jorge Linares. Yeah, I keep want, I kept wanting to say Abner Mares, and I knew that wasn't it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's in he's in a hard spot. And in that, and that, you know, those, those weights, it's almost one of those things where, where he needs to move. I think 
to get something, but I don't know if I don't know if you want to move. You know what I mean? I don't think. He, yeah, I don't know if he can move up. He might be able to move down, maybe, but I don't think he can move up just because I don't think he's big enough, like to compete in the next weight class up. But it sucks because it sucks because you know you could almost say this is a guy who tested Lomachenko probably about as good as anyone has or as any as well as anyone is, and that's Lenars. But he got knocked out his last fight yeah. by a guy who by a guy who realistically had should have had no chance against him. So that kind of that throws that rematch out the window for for the time being. If if you're Lomachenko, I mean, does Richard Kame even pose a threat if you fight him? Probably not. I mean, he's athletic and he's str- and he is like a strong puncher and he's fast, but I don't know. And like you could say, like he get Tio Fimo wants him, but you're you're probably gonna have to build that fight up. You're gonna probably gonna have to build that up more for that to be a super successful fight. Tio's probably going to need to beat on a few more people before you're like <laughs> thinking like this fight's going to make a lot of money. So yeah, I think that's a good point because you don't want to just throw them in there, and you know, and and especially if there's no money to be made, and if you know Lopez gets beat, then that's just a waste of a fighter. Yeah, it's. I feel like he should have stayed at 130 because you look at the champions at 130 now, Masayuki Ito, Tevin Farmer, Giovanna Davis, and Miguel Burchill. Those would have been quality fights, I think. Yeah, and you don't forget he could have rematched Gary Russell Jr. Mm-hmm. And I still think, I still wish at some point, I don't know if we have to do a catchweight because every time the one guy moves up, the other continues to move up too, and they always keep a weight class apart. I still would have loved to see Lomachenko fight Leo Santa Cruz. Yeah. Like, he could be a guy that could give Lomachenko some problems because he's lengthy and throws a lot of punches and has a high work rate. And Yeah, I mean, his stamina, I think, like, it, and I think that would be a fun fight because of Lomachenko's ability to counterpunch and, you know, the way he, he dodges and, and telegraphs his shots. He'd be fighting a guy who is willing to throw 100 punches around and not get tired. And yeah. Santa Cruz is just slightly awkward enough with that wrist turn that you catch enough guys staring at his, at his hand. And I think it's, it's, a, it's such a weird tick if it's on purpose or not, but it works. And I mm-hmm. think the styles are just just slightly that much different that I think it would be a really fun fight. And Santa Cruz is a name. Um, Santa Cruz has rolled through everybody's fought and, and, you know, maybe not dominate, but he always has a hell of a good fight and stuff with Abner Mara's rocked. So it's, it's just ah, like that. I think that's your money fight. I think that's the fight that should have been what Lomachenko Rigondeaux was. I yeah. think that would that would have lived up to the hype, but it just seems like every time one of them moves up in weight, the other would move up too, and mm-hmm. they would just keep staying one or two classes apart. Now maybe they meet at one thirty, because you know if you're seeing a cruise, I mean, is there anyone at? I mean, do you have any interest in Josh Warrington? Do you have any interest as you mentioned Gary Russell Jr.? Do you have any interest in Oscar Valdez? Um, or if you're Santa Cruz, I, do you want to try to move up? 
I think Josh Warrington or, or Gary Russell Jr. could be a good fight for him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I can get a fight with Lomachenko, I probably would do that. It almost and reminds Santa me Cruz, a lot of... Yep. Santa Cruz is big enough to where he could probably move up and not really have a problem moving up. It 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 all it seems to me the it's the same thing with I, there's three guys that I always had kind of tied together that I wish somehow would have had some one of a fight together Santa Cruz you move up to the next one you had Lomachenko and then Mikey Garcia Garcia would move up Lomachenko would move up and then Santa Cruz would be there and it's like they always just kind of seemed like three guys that could have some really entertaining and then just every you know they kept jumping and it was almost like Lomachenko was chasing Garcia in a yeah. weird way. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You hit the nail you know, on the maybe, head there. Maybe if you know fighting, uh, fighting at one at one forty seven obviously didn't work for Garcia. You know, maybe Garcia goes down to one forty. Can Lomachenko go to one forty? Is that too much? That might be a little too much. God, we could see a but, Lomachenko programs fight though. That would be fun. Yeah. There's not like you're you're not gonna see a Davis even though like even though people have been kind of calling for it you're not gonna see a Davis Lomachenko fight anytime soon. Yeah, Mayweather's actually kind of alluded that he doesn't think he's really ready for that yet. No, it could like I see and like I respect that more than the 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 Aram Heyman Hearn De La Hoya approach where they're like ah uh, well it's not the best fight for my guy. Look Mayweather's like. No, this, this doesn't work right now. Don't ask me. Like, kudos. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's you're not. It's not like you're. I don't think it's a disservice to to saying that you're you still are trying to build your guy. If anything, you're not making him look like he's ducking the dude. Well, no, and he's just he's got out of the ring issues. He doesn't always like put in a full effort to get into shape and stuff. And he's kind of has lapses, you know, and. Mm-hmm. If you're going to fight Lomachenko, man, you got to be like 100% <laughs> on your A game. Who's who's going to be on their not A game? Ha- June not, not, ha- not hanging out with fucking AB. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's like the worst mentor you can have. <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, Adrian Bronner. I thought we were going to go one show without me talking about Adrian Bronner, Chavez Jr. Sigh. <laughs> Team suck squad. Who's who's going to have the advantage June 7th in Verona, New York? Um, I think that Judah. I, I, that fight to me is like a car crash. Like, it's going to be ugly. But for whatever reason, I I don't think I can take my eyes off it, and I have to see it. I want to see it too. Like, but I think Cletus Selden is such a bad boxer. Like, he just he's so bad that I think an old Zab Judah just because Zab Judah is like was a really, was a really good boxer at one time. I think he has that over Selden. Like, Selden is oh my god. See what I'm saying? Who would have thought it, it, Sam Judah would be fighting the Hebrew Hammer? Like, it's, I, I can't turn away. Oh, what about this? What about the train wreck I showed you about 
Chavez and Martinez. Oh my God! Like that's another one. Like I, Sergio Martinez coming in with his Joe Mauer knees, and Chavez Jr. You know, just tra- trash. <laughs> There's it's it's like when they're like, oh God, Alvarado's gonna fight Rios for the ninth time. Yeah, I wonder what's gonna happen. Like I, I gotta watch it because it's just so random. Ugh. <laughs> you know, um, Cody mm-hmm. Seldon is is not a very good boxer, like technique 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 wise. But to be fair, the dude that he fought, um, that he lost to, that we watched like dismantle him, is a pretty good fighter. He's got like a four star ranking on boxer, and he's like the number one rated boxer out of Canada, and like the sixth sixteenth in the world in his in their weight class. Uh-huh. And he's on like a four, he's on a four fight win streak. And I believe the fight that he lost to Steve Claggett was kind of a controversial decision. So to be fair to Selden, the guy he fought, even though no one knew who he was, was actually a pretty good boxer. Yeah. So. Clay to Selden getting props from Elijah. <laughs> um, speaking of props too, real quick. Uh, Jerwood on Sejas uh, took it to Ryuichi Fanai last night. On Sejas looks so good. And uh, Gabriel Flores Jr. making his first fight in uh, Stockton, California, took on Eduardo Pereira. Pereira looked like like a convict from like Breaking Bad, like twice oh, this guy's age. He looked. So, I was like, who is this? This dude's gonna pull a shank out of his tights. He's from. He was from Brazil. But, oh, man, man, Gabe Flores, I have never heard a crowd pop at a boxing event like they pop for Gabe Flores. It I'm was, watching it, a knockout right now. Oh, my Lord. He was, he, he was <laughs> But that, that crowd, like, it, it, you'd, think it was, you'd think it's WrestleMania 3 and Hulk Hogan's coming out of the Pontiac Silverdome. Like, I've <laughs> never heard a pop like that in my life. It, it was insane. So kudos to them. Uh, kudos to Jojo Diaz got a, got back on track. Good win over Freddie Fonseca. Uh, Virgil yep. Ortiz, a nice win over Mauricio Herrera too. Um, yep. Anthony Young, he, man, third round I think knocks out Saddam Ali. Oh my God, I was gonna I was gonna like talk. I wanted to really talk about that. Like, man, Saddam Ali's team, they all need to be fired. Like that uh that. <laughs> Mungaya fight, like, pretty much it ruined Ali, and they all need to be fired. Like, he is, he's not, like, he, he's not the same. No. And it's, it's, I get, like, wanting to go out on your shield and, you know, prove that you're, uh, you're tough and you have heart and stuff, but you could see, like, from the first time that Mungai connected clean that Ali just did not, just could not handle the size difference. And like, I feel bad for Ali because his his career is probably like, as being a top fighter is probably done now. Yeah. Um, next week too, got a couple, couple shows, uh, ESPN, uh, Fosladen, uh, Fosladen, Gail, Gabe Nazarov against Michael Fox. 
Uh, Emmanuel Navarte against Isaac Dogbo in a rematch for the WBO Junior Featherweight. And then WBC Junior Lightweight rematch, Miguel Burchelt and Francisco Vargas. Those should be fun. Uh, Fox is running uh, Matt Korobov versus Emmanuel Alim. Mario Barrios versus Juan Jose Velasco. And Jarrett Hurd defending the IBF and WBA Junior Middleweight against J-Rock Julian Williams. SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> and then obviously, as we mentioned, um, the following weekend, uh, Ryan Burnett's fighting on ESPN Plus. That's that's, a, that's something nice. Also, Billy Joe Saunders against Shafat Asufi for the vacant WBO interim super middleweight title. So Billy Joe fighting for the super middleweight. Is Billy Joe actually going to fight this time, though, or is something going to happen know. where the fight's going to get canceled? <laughs> uh, Joe Joyce is on the undercard, too, uh, up-and-coming heavyweight. That should be kind of fun. Uh, he's the he's the backflip guy, if I if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, Showtime also that night. Deontay Wilder and Dominic Brazil. Uh, Gary Russell Jr., Kiko yeah. Martinez. Oh, Brazil? Yeah, like, I, I have a feeling the Dominic Brazil Wilder fight's going to go a lot like the uh, Wilder Berminster Vern fight. Cause, the second one or the like, first one? The second one. Yes. Cause, because I can't wait. Brazil, Brazil's been talking so much shit and Wilder's like like Wilder's pissed off going into this fight. <laughs> if he hits him with one of those downward Jack from Tech and Donkey Kong punches, it's over. <laughs> Got it. I can't like I can't believe guy I can't, like nothing against Dominic Brazil. I'm not I'm not a fighter, so I like don't want to clown on him too bad because I respect oh. the sport. I respect oh, the sport, but Jesus, man, like. How is he getting a, a shot? Like, you know, like, things are bad when he's getting a shot at, at Deontay Exactly. Wilder. You know why he's getting a title shot is because these promoters won't let their guys fight each other, and you have to find somebody to fight. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. And, and, you know, the, the, the big – to be fair, and this is why I think, you know, Joshua, I think, with the three titles, should be ranked higher than Wilder. But I, I put Wilder – Pound for pound over him for the simple fact of he did fight Tyson Fury and he did but did fight King Kong, you know yeah. he did go through those two guys. Now to be fair, Joseph Parker did a good job against Joshua, but Wilder at least is fighting somebody, mm-hmm. you know. And it's so for that reason, I I said you know what, neither of you are getting on my list. Yeah. You know, and I'll put on instead. I'll put up there like you did, Alexander Usyk. That will become steamrolling for everybody. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, also that Boy. night, the zone. You got the zone. Make sure you're watching. Ivan Branchuk, Josh Taylor, Super Series semis. The winner gets uh, Regis Prograis, and then Manuel Rodriguez. They owe you anyway for Rodriguez's bantamweight title. Winner gets Stone Hair. Man. Um... I wonder if Branchuk is is changed at all because I haven't seen him fight for a while. I wonder if he like actually throws <laughs> throws jabs throws jabs yet. What did you say? He 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 tries to punch you harder than any or something like that. Like he tries to hit you harder than anyone possible. I said I, I said he was triple. I said he was triple G. If triple G didn't have a jab or any skill, <laughs> he just goes out there and he's just throwing bombs. Yeah, I, I hey, I guess to his credit, it's working. But 
I mean, eventually, you know, if he wins, then he's... See, I don't know if it's going to be Josh Taylor, though. I think Josh Taylor's really technical. Or I think Taylor's patient and and will do some damage. You know, hey, if it works, he gets pro grades. Which is probably, like, the fight that I want to see. Hector Camacho Jr.'s fighting in Delaware. Hector Camacho Jr.? Isn't he, like, 80? I don't know. Isn't he almost as old as his dad? <laughs> but yeah, he's he's fighting in Delaware. Who's he fighting against? Uh, he's fighting uh, someone named Victor Abreu in an eight-round middleweight fight. Oh, Lord. And then uh, close it out in May here real quick. Uh, some more good stuff. May 24th. Um, Damn, I kind of I feel like maybe I should have put him on my palm for palm because I forgot all about him. But uh, Tetsuya Fukuhara getting a rematch against the WBC strawweight champion Wan Hang Meniothan. Meniothan Wan is Hang. the deal. He is yeah, the he, deal. He's fun to watch. Man. He got a funny name though. I might have to bump someone off that list. We'll have to figure that out next time. Did, remember that like bootleg fight that he just had where it was like a YouTube clip and it looked like a handheld camera? Did I didn't I send you that? And he just like annihilated this guy at like a fair. Yeah. <laughs> like that poor guy. There's like <laughs> and like people beating on drums and stuff. And the guy's looking around like, what the hell is going was this like a sacrifice? And then Wan Hang was like, Yes, and then he murdered the guy. It's like, oh, that's what they do in Thailand. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Uh, but you, me, know, I what's, oh sorry, go ahead. I just no, want to no, throw this out ahead. there. Um, Ricardo Mayorga fought not too long ago, and I think what? he fought at like light. Yeah, and I think he fought at like light heavyweight. What? <laughs> Good lord! Unbelievable. Light, light heavyweight. He fought at, I believe. Was he smoking? I probably not because he's gotten up to light heavyweight. That's probably how he like kept the weight off between fights, smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Remember, he used to come to the ring smoking a cigarette. He looked like the Sandman. Oh, yeah. oh God. <laughs> um, May twenty fifth. Uh, Masayuki Ito defends that junior lightweight title against Jamal Herring on ESPN. That's a that should be fun. Um, yeah. And Antonio Lozada against Jose Pedraza. Um, also, Fox Sports One that night is running Austin Trout against Terrell Gasha. And then on the zone, guy we've been talking about, Alexander Usyk heavyweight debut against Carlos Takam. So a lot of good fights in at the end of this month here. And then once J- June starts, I mean, we get a Joshua, Calum Smith, Katie Taylor on the same card, Devin Alexander. We get Faldez and Conlon on a card. We get the Golovkin fight, Tyson Fury the following week, Josh Warrington, Kid Galahad the following, Marius Breedis and Christoph Kowalski. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good fights coming up in the next few weeks, man. So it's, yeah. it, it, we, we might be uh, back in business here now that it's, it's fight season. So, Tony Hitman Harrison, Jamel Charlo rematch coming up. Rigando's on that card against Julio Ceja. Wow. Rigando's trying to make a comeback. Yeah. Jam, uh, Jamal Charlo's fighting on on end of the month, too. There's a lot of good stuff coming up, man. Um, and then, I mean, we got another show in Minneapolis July 13th, too. So 
I was going to ask you about that, like, about the show, just because I wasn't able to watch any of the fights and you were there. How was it? It was fun. It was it was a good show. I'm trying, gosh, I, I'm trying to remember all the fights that happened. Um, to be fair, I, I remember a lot of it was good, but I, I don't remember everything that was on there. I'm trying to see if I can pull up this card here. Obviously, Trillix, uh, Truex Quillen was a no decision. Um, Drevianchenko beat Jack Colke. Drevianchenko just looked looked dominant. Um, Joy Spencer looks good. Chris Colbert uh, smoked Mario Brionis. That was a oh, I saw that a... knockout. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, who else do we have? Uh, here's one. That uh, oh, Money Powell the fourth had a, had a nice TK over Christian Aguirre. Oh, after that guy like hit him le- illegally. Yeah, he came out pissed after that. It was like hop hop hop. But look, uh, this this I don't want to say anything bad because I did. I didn't go the way of the hometown guy the last time we went, and I don't want the hard feelings anywhere. But uh, Vishon fought Alexis Gatan Gaitan. Split decision mm-hmm. victory. Oh boy, I think he lost like all but like two rounds, and he got the decision. And he even kind of get like a yeah when he won. Like oh shit, I got that. It was um, Henry Lake was was sitting with us, and uh, oh, since he's back, Henry Lake. Yeah, since now he's back at WCCO. Oh man, I wish I would. And been uh, Henry Lake is one of my favorite personalities. Oh, yeah, man, I wish I would have had a uh, Sludge and Lake shirt from back in the day on. But, yeah, even even Lake's like, huh, that's the guy from here, right? And we're like, yeah. And everyone's kind of like, all right, well, let's go Minnesota. But it was, I don't know how he got that decision. But, hey, kudos, man, come back from fighting that tree trunk Sebastian Fundura. So <laughs> I'm I'm cool with it. Like, it was one of those ones where it's just like, Screw it. Yeah, let's go. Give it a dub, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh it was I mean it was fun. It was they kept the, the ring girls kept walking around and the, this group, uh Joey Spencer's people over in the like the front row were just hammered cheering for it. She kept going. We thought the guardrail was gonna get tipped over by the end of it because there's some big oh, boys. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, uh, you remember Joe You remember Smith, Franco, though. right? He actually was. He actually, I think he he's kind of sort of friends with Joey Spencer. Oh, that's cool. He had like he had pictures with like he was taking pictures with him and like I think he I think he was like was talking to him like at at the first like Minneapolis event too. So it was kind of funny. He posted a picture on Facebook with him and Spencer and his family, and they all looked like yeah, they all looked kind of like they were having a good time. Yeah, they uh. That look, they look like a bunch of country boys. That's for sure. Um, and then, and then at the end, you know, we, you know, once we stopped, we started having some cocktails and whatnot because we had our own private bar and uh, we sat in the like the the um, the balcony with like we had like leather recliners and stuff, which is awesome. We had our own little private oh bar. And, yeah, that's what was man, dope. That's that's what, I, I guess I missed like, Yeah, um, and. Uh, I, I, you know, I thanked Rob and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, if you want, man, you can go in the locker room, too, because, you know, you actually talk at these things. Because, you know, there's four questions I asked at the the weigh-in we went to, and two were mine. 
<laughs> which yeah. everyone else sat there like shit on a shingle. So I, he remembered that, which I thought was cool. So you needed a key fab, but man, I was, I was prying at the, the, the locker room door of Sergei Derevyanchenko. I was trying to get in there. And Jordan was kind of like, all right, we're going to do this, this, this. And then we didn't really do much. Then by the end of it, I was, I was feeling good. And I was like, man, screw this crap. And he's like, I don't think we can go back where the production truck is. And I was like, man, fake it till you make it. And I just started walking around like I own that place. And the FS1 guy's like, hey, what's going on, sir? And I was like, yep, this is going on. This is happening. I started walking through the, 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 the side wells and, and all the side stairs. And I was up in the locker room, man. I was trying to pry Drevianchenko's door open. <laughs> I was, oh, it was fun. It was a good time. But man, this, we ran into that dude who wore the Michigan State hat. He came and actually uh, sought us out. Was like, "Hey, you guys, it's Danny Acount, right?" And I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, what's up, man?" So a couple people still remember. Okay, us, so it was fun. Nice. It was fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. Hey, July thirteenth, the next one, man. Well, I haven't got anything in my email yet about Keep like checking. checking information for it. So I um I sent. I sent them an email too, um, the same one that I did to get Jordan's name switched for your name. By the way, they only had you down as the only person. They didn't have two people down, so we, that's how we oh, did. Why like, we didn't get a seat, but then we got the balcony, so it worked better. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, I I said, hey, you know, obviously keep Elijah in the loop, but if you want to throw my email in, and you can send it to me too, so we can both both of us have an opportunity to see it. So hopefully yeah. one of us sees and come through. Otherwise. I don't know. We'll just have to. We'll just have to jump in again next month and ask around. But yeah, it was it was a good time, man. It was fun. It was some fun little fights. Uh uh huh. Well, it's been it's been good, man. To like actually do this again. It's been, yeah, it's been well, a long time. We'll get back on a consistent basis for everybody. I mean, there's a lot of fights. Look, to be fair, we could do ev- we could do every week, every other week for the next couple months, and there's enough to talk about. So True. now, now it's just us not being lazy assholes and giving you guys content. So we're yeah. gonna we're gonna powwow. We're gonna talk about things. I'm gonna go get my kid up because he's crying. I'm gonna get ready. I got I got 90 minutes until I rewatch the the longest night, and then watch episode four of Thrones because I always watch the previous one. So I'm gonna get horny at my own leisure, watch some Thrones. It was a nice. pleasure talking to you again, sir. And uh, what are we'll your predictions with- this week? For the for show, drones. yeah, I think it's going to be another just build-up episode. Yeah, because I mean, what can they really do? They're not going to jump into the fight with Cersei right away because Daenerys's army is like kind of, kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Depleted right now. But They're dead. All the doctors are dead. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert! Spoiler alert! Can you hey, look, believe that, if, though? It, it's been a week. If you haven't watched it yet, then uh, that's not my fault. <laughs> can you can you believe though the the Dothraki just rode out like, yeah, we got flaming swords. We're about to whoop some ass, and then the flames slowly died out, and you're like, uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, well. that episode is dope, man. I can't wait. I'm so. I I think the second episode, the one before where they were singing in front of the fire and they were all powwowing, that was one of the best episodes I'd ever seen that didn't have any fighting or anything, like, just for character build. Oh my I God, think that's what we're going to get tonight. Fantastic. 
you know, where they're all powwow and he, and he knights Brianna Tarth and the goats, the, the giant's milk. Like, that episode was amazing. I think that's what we're going to get tonight. It's another 80, 80 some minute episode. It looks like the runtime is still nine twenty, So it's another nice. long episode. So, or 70, 70 minutes. So I'm guessing we're going to get another one like episode two. And then next week, the fifth episode is going to be the first 80 some minute one that I think is going to be the Cersei fight. And then yep. the finale is going to be where they, where they decide who goes on the crown. And if Daenerys tries to off Jon Snow, because she ain't mad she's banging her nephew. She's mad she ain't the queen. And I think yeah. there's going to be something happening with those two. And I still stick to my guns. Robert Baratheon told Ned Stark, I will have a son and you will have a daughter, and they will ru- rule the realms in the Seven Kingdoms. I still pick Gendry on our Game of Thrones um, list that we did on, on the premiere when, when people were over. I picked Gendry to win the whole thing. Why else would they have kept him around so long? And now he's got his wife. He's got Arya. So that's my pick. If she doesn't die. Ooh. What if I'm? You know what's weird? I wonder if the uh, many faced dude is gonna like show up at all anytime. Because that's like a story arc that they kind of just like it just kind of ended abruptly. It seemed like. What if Arya is the many face? Or if she's the waif, actually, and it's not Arya. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the many faced god instead. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And the other thing though is, is, as much as I think Arya dies because they they can't give her another giant thing after that big Night King. Like you got to save something for somebody. She she yeah. she got Walter Frey with the brown eyes. She got the Night King with the blue. She still got to kill Miss Green Eyes, and that's Cersei. Yeah. And I think she yeah, does it with Jamie Lannister's face. Ooh, man, we could go on about this forever, but you gotta, you gotta get the boy. Get it. And and if any of y'all see Justin Turner, or excuse me, Tormund Giant Spain, go up to him and give him a hand. He needs some milk. Some giant milk. Oh my god. Well, I, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I'm glad we knocked this out. We're gonna get we're gonna get another show up soon. We'll we'll be back in a week or two. I promise. Um, have a good one, guys. Stay Thank you. Be bolder.